Hey, y'all. Good morning and welcome back to a Monday, March 21st, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, where the Tennessee Volunteers swept the South Carolina Gamecocks in baseball over the weekend. Uh, the basketball team was off. Uh, people forget that uh, the Tennessee Vols uh, did not play in a basketball game this weekend. It was all baseball all the time, which was an absolute delight. Um, yeah, well, on today's show, we got uh, Sunday NBA shoot around. Oh, yeah, Sunday NBA shoot around <clears throat> with um, Corbin Ford and Lauren Gunn. Uh, so glad that we were able to get back in the swing of things with Lauren and uh, Corbin, uh, our favorite storylines to watch down the stretch here. Uh, the state of the Lakers, Mavs, and Hawks. Um, Jonathan Isaac now going to be gone for two years uh, with the Orlando Magic, dating back to his uh, knee injury in the bubble. Um, Wiseman uh, suffering a setback for the Warriors, the Timberwolves and their chances of actually winning a first round playoff series, uh, the latest in our MVP voting thoughts, best NBA pieces we read this week, and a whole lot more fun NBA conversation that I think you guys will enjoy. Don't forget, if you're not already, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or however you get your podcasts. Speaking of those uh, apps, if you could and you're already a subscriber to this very podcast, uh, please make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcasts. It helps other people find the show. And uh, yeah, it helps this show continue to grow and more people to find it, listen, enjoy all the good stuff. Um, don't forget, daily newsletter, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email, that's simple. Uh, we're on YouTube. So if you'd like to watch all of our pods, make sure you go ahead and type in Chase Thomas Podcast, youtube.com. Hit that subscribe button, that's simple. You'll always get a new video reminder. Um, so go do that if you have not already done so. Don't forget, folks, you can email this very program chase thomas podcast at gmail.com with any mba questions you have for lauren corbin myself or any general stuff chase thomas podcast at gmail.com um all right uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right we're back sunday nba shoot around is here i've got doc rivers behind me to help out i've also got benjamin matlock just in case as well um he's also on the case as ben matlock always is uh, also here, Corbin Ford. Corbin, good morning. Your time. Good, extremely Hello. good morning for Corbin Ford. Just the extreme good morning for you, sir. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Chase. Good morning, How y'all doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Now I am. I'm okay. Like I, I just have coffee in me at the moment. But Lauren <laughs> is still going through it. Lauren, I just walk us through the South by mm-hmm. Southwest situation. What what drinks did you have last night, Lauren? Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) What didn't I have? I don't even know. Like it just, there's so much, the thing about South by Southwest is that there's so much going on. I actually heard somebody describe it as like, this whole thing just feels like a big LinkedIn event in person, which made me laugh. Um, But there's so much promotional stuff going on. So there's so much free stuff being handed out, Mm -hmm. like drinks, all this stuff. Not really into like the free apparel, but like Mm -hmm. there's so much going on. And so you just end up here, then you go there, then you go there and it just keeps going and it goes on for like, it feels it's like forever. It's like two weeks. And so I just, it's not two weeks, but like, it just feels like forever. And so, yeah, for like the last week, that's what I've been doing. And here we are. Wait. So what is the main point? Is it music? Is it like connecting? What is it? It's like, I think it's primarily like culture. Like there's music, there's food, there's all these different things, but then a lot of like local places and small businesses and all these different things will like show up to promote their stuff because you can Mm. just walk all down. And it's not just like one section of Austin. It's like the everywhere. And so there's just so much going on. The crowds are crazy and yes, it gets a little chaotic, but if you know where you're going and you have a group, it's fine. Huh? That's who is like the biggest headliner. That's a good question. I I was talking to this guy yesterday who went to go mm-hmm. see. Uh, he saw Gunna and who was with him? Shoot, I don't even remember. And then I know there were a bunch of people who went to see Kygo, but I didn't do that. Like I don't know. There were some like decent names that like Sean Mendes was playing for like ninety dollars, and I was like ninety dollars, but I didn't go. So let me stop I, you right I, there. Who is Sean Mendes? <laughs> wait a minute. Are you serious? I have you no idea be- who. You know I what? I have no idea. Wow. Honestly, I'm so disappointed. Wow. I am so disappointed. I'm going to look this up. 
Who Sean Mendez? Who is this? Should I, know I this am list? too. It's not like Kabati, but like at the same time. I'm like, <laughs> but there, okay, no, hold on. Like... Canadian singer. There's no reason for me to know who this is. Are you kidding me right There's now? There's no oh reason God. for me. I'm looking at it right now, and he was in a relationship with a Camila Cabello, yeah, whoever that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Weird fact. She actually follows uh, me on Twitter. So weird. Oh. Very weird. Don't know why. She I likes mean... your NBA takes. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's it. Yeah, but no, I, South by Southwest is cool. It just uh, parking's crazy. Everything's way overpriced. At the end of the Ooh. night, we went. We went one place. We were trying to like wrap up the night, and they were like, "Oh, mm. covers thirty dollars if you don't have a oh. resident." And I was like, "Are you? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Nope." And then we just like ended up at a P Terry's downtown. So there you go. Which is a burger place that's like local to Austin. So. Nice. Is it late night burgers or is it? Is oh it... yes, way like you. It's quite the scene at uh, <laughs> late in the night. It's quite. It's quite something. But, are they yeah. good and late night burgers? They are good. You know, they're good enough for late night. You know. Oh, well, that's what I mean. Sometimes around and you're like, hey, anything man. hits right at two a.m. That's what I was exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, they're good. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. If you ever are in Austin, you see a P Terry's. P Terry's is good. I don't want to. Cool, cool. I can't be coming down on the P Terry's. There you go. Um, yeah, I. Uh, Hey, you made it, Lauren. That's the I important thing. You made so it. I watched the new Scream to get over the uh, the Tennessee loss last night, which was actually pretty good. I like the new Scream. I don't know if y'all saw it. Um, Scream not. Five, yeah, it came out this year, but it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was a good good film. That is the the Chase Thomas Sports uh, movie take of the day. Um, we're gonna start, guys, with your team. So. Mm-hmm. Lauren, Luka Doncic went on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast this week. He, <laughs> yes. he talked about singing to stop his technical foul habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked about the Kings just taking uh, Marvin Bagley because they already had De'Aaron Fox. So, mm-hmm. hey, can't take him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I like Luka. Luka is a very confident guy, but he's also he's, he's unintentionally funny to me. Yeah. What did you get from that? He's so well, I I was really glad that a lot of people got to see it because I feel like some people I could see why some people might not like him with like the complaining to the refs or like so I was really glad that uh, people it it just gave people a chance to see like more of the personal side of him because his personality is just so it does kind of remind a lot of Mavs fans of Dirk and the way that there's a lot of self-deprecating jokes. It's very like I know I'm unathletic or like I'm not not unathletic, but like I'm not the most athletic guy out here. Um, and so it's just, it, they're very similar in that way. And he's so like unapologetically himself. And so I was really glad that a lot of people got to, to see that. And so as far as the singing goes, I don't really know that that's <laughs> going to be very successful, but if he wants to try it, he can go for it. I just, he's such a competitive dude. I don't know that he's ever going to be able to stop talking to the refs, especially as he continues like his, like ascension towards more and more NBA stardom, he's going to start getting these BS calls. And so he's going to start expecting them every single time. And it's like, you know, so I just, he, he said, he always says the right things, but there's Mm -hmm. just, I don't see that stopping, but you know, whatever. Well, you also got Spencer Dinwiddie hive going like Spencer Mm -hmm. Dinwiddie, just the Nets killer, just having, having himself a moment Mm -hmm. in Dallas. Cause you're pretty down in that trade. I seem to recall where, Oh, yes. You did not, uh, you were not all in on the Spencer did what he trained, but mm-hmm. the man got re-upped with some crypto and he's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's been fantastic. I mean, it was really difficult because when the trade happened, it was super underwhelming. The contracts, mm-hmm. I mean, we all kind of talked about it. Um, but the biggest thing was like, well, we don't have like, even before this team was not flashy or like, no, it didn't feel like, oh yeah, we're just waiting to get that third guy to like make his way to Dallas because he wants to come. It didn't feel like we had that attraction as like a destination and so then when you even lose the guy that's supposed to be your number two it's like well what do you have and it just there was a very kind of dark feeling around it and as far as like the future and so then but I will give a lot of Mavs Twitter some credit like the same day of the trade they said you know what we got to move off of this contract having Spencer Dinwiddie he's a guy that has experience he can score he can get his own shot um and our third guard in the depth chart will now be Spencer Dinwiddie and it'll be like a those three not Trey Burke and that there's a mm-hmm. big difference there and so when I was reading all of this I was like that's true and these are good points 
but it did kind of feel like a, oh, we're just trying to find a, a silver lining here. And so that was very difficult for me because I all I could think about was these long-term contracts that are providing this big hurdle for them to to overcome moving forward. But no, Spencer has been great. Um, and he's, I mean, he it seems like he really loves the team, the coaches, the front office, and it's just been a good fit. So yeah, it's been good. Well, what's not been a good fit? Uh, Russell Westbrook on the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Wow. It is way too early to catch a phrase like that. Oh my God. Wow. That was pretty good though. That was pretty clean. That was, that was a clean transition. That was, that was pretty good. That was pretty sweet. That hurt. Wow. I was not expecting <laughs> that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We're we're gonna just go into it, are we? Okay. I mean, are you enjoying well this weekend? I will say that. Yeah. Back to back 22 point games, efficient shooting, triple uh-huh. double on Friday, right? On Saturday. Not that's the barometer of success. Don't don't get on me. Mm-hmm. But Russ has been playing pretty well. But right now, like, you could stick a fork in these Lakers. I think that's the moral of the story. Like, we're done. Aww. It's over. It's okay. You know, LeBron, you know, passing um, Carl Malone. I knew. Like, if you look at, like, LeBron's milestones, when he passed Jordan, when he passed Kobe, when he passed, um, well, Malone, every time he does a significant personal milestone, don't know why, his team always loses. So, I knew he was to the Wizards. I was like, it is so odd. I saw that Friday. I was like, oh, yeah, back-to-back. With tomorrow, I talked about the trash in the group chat. And I was like, it's gonna be really odd to defend a loss, but I know he's gonna lose. And sure enough, they were up like 15. I was like, all right, that's cool. I went and watched a little Memphis Gonzaga turn back. We lost. I was like, what did I say? Oh, so very odd, but I mean, historical, right? Mm-hmm. Man, what are you gonna do when Brandon Ingram is the one that ends the Lakers season? That's gonna hurt because yeah. I was a big like I knew that trade had to happen for the championship to be like for the Lakers to win to get Anthony Davis. I knew Ingram had to go, but like right. if anyone else my takes back then, I was so against Ingram. I knew he had to go, but I was like, listen, like that dude is gonna be that dude. Like just give it like two more years. And as it turned out, they needed one more year. But like the point being, yeah, it's gonna hurt. I mean, the problem is with his hamstring injuries and the way the Pelicans have been kind of like floundering injury wise. Mm-hmm. It's really like I don't even know. It's like it's like it's, it's like the race of I don't even know the way to describe it. It's the opposite of a race. Like the Lakers are twenty nine. No, they're thirty and forty. You're a half game up on the Pels right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's twenty nine and forty one and thirty and forty one mm. or something like that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's very just not inspiring at all. Like down the stretch, I'm not excited. Both teams are gonna keep losing. I know this for a fact. I know Lakers play the Cavs coming up next. Like, come on, y'all. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 gonna be something true to monitor. I just don't know if the Pelicans can make up ground because you know you had season to come out for a bit with the health and safety. Um, Brandon Ingram's being the bigger loss of the hamstring injury, which you have to constantly monitor. So mm-hmm. that's something that's important. Um, when you don't have Brandon Ingram in, uh, what you see is Willie Green turn to a Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum backcourt, which is a supplement some additional offense. But then we are bleeding defense on that end. Like they're like they are not good on that at all. So. It's just it's not a great roster to do with the injuries and absences that they have, but they're still in it because everyone else sucks and the Lakers are doing nothing um to like signify hold the head on back to back games since January seventh. So Ooh. it has been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um I hope the standings stay how they are. Like I, I don't know if y'all have seen like mm-hmm. where they're at at the moment, but this is this is the creme de la creme because the Jazz will have like this everyone who wants Donovan Mitchell or to split up the Jazz wants this situation right now where mm-hmm. they get the Mavs in the first round and Luke in the first round. Like if you get a four or five Mavs, like I'm just, I I'm, I'm mortgaging the house on the Mavs <laughs> in that series. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and do that now. Like that, the, the jazz are losing that series. And then you've got out East, which this is just, Oh man, I am so ready for this because I still don't think Ben Simmons plays a basketball game this year. And the reason that this 1000% happens is if the nets who, if they beat the Raptors in the seven, eight game, they move up to the seven spot. The Sixers are right now in the number two spot. If you get Sixers nets in round one, guess who's not playing in round one? Ben Simmons. The back's still not going to feel great in round mm-hmm. one. It, maybe in round two, he'll be reevaluated by round two uh, if they get there, but they will not because they would lose that series. Uh, but I, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And I'm hoping because the Hawks had a horrific effort against the Hornets the other day. And uh, Trey was like four for 17. And it's just uh, John Collins is out indefinitely with uh, plantar fasciitis, which if anyone's ever had that, it's uh, quite painful and quite, uh, 
quite awful. So I don't. Yeah. And then you saw his finger from the other day. Like, oh my god, John yeah. Collins is going through it, man. He is. He's doing a lot for this team, and I I feel bad because I'm I'm worried we've already seen the last game uh, for John Collins in Atlanta Hawk uniform. But uh, I don't know. Did they beat the Hornets in a nine ten game? Do I want them to? No, I don't. I want this season to end. I am so over this season. I want changes. I want all of this done. Like I, I just, I want it done. And uh, us standing pat with Bogey, with Gallinari, with all these pieces, it was just like, what a waste. Like there is no reason we could have gotten something back the deadline. We should have been sellers. And that was Schlenk's first reflex or going big. And he didn't do anything. And I think that uh, was a mistake. Uh, looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. I know, but it was still a mistake and he's going to have to deal with the fallout there because this summer it's going to be a bloodbath not for just uh, uh, Corbin's Lakers but also for uh, the Atlanta Hawks I think I think it's going to be a lot a lot going on um, Lauren storylines that you're watching down the stretch is there one in particular you've been thinking about a lot lately um, I, I mean I kind of joked about it earlier but Minnesota I really am fascinated by Minnesota like if they get that seventh spot and end up going against Memphis in that first round I don't know how that would pan out for them but I really Mm. want to see what they look like in a playoff series you know what I mean I am by no means expecting them to come out of that I want to make that very clear but I want to see what they look like you've got Anthony Edward like how do they look in terms of building this experience you've got some of these guys who have been in different situations who have well you've got Kat who has worked for this and worked for this and worked for this so what do they look like and so I'm just I'm really fascinated by them um, I don't know if it's still the case, but at one point they had one of the most efficient uh, five-man lineups in the league. Um, mm. So forgive me if that's no longer the case, but they just have had some interesting numbers, some interesting storylines. And so I'm really fascinated by them. I always like kind of looking at and giving attention to the teams that don't typically get it very much. Mm. I I mean, Vanderbilt's a great defensive player. Yeah, he's, he's an anchor. Fun. He's someone you want to throw at Jaron Jackson in that series. Um, Pat Bev on job Morant for a whole series would be a delight. Um, I don't know how that would go. It would be just yeah. great entertainment, but I, I agree with you. Like, I don't know who, who I guess Desmond Bain, who, do, who does Memphis throw at Anthony Edwards in that series? That's a good question. I, I mean, I don't, I really don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know I what don't the know Dylan what do. situation is. I don't know if they would try Ugh. to throw Brandon Clark at him. Like I really, it's a weird. Sire it's Williams weird, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing, but I really like Jared Vanderbilt. Like even, I mean, to go back a little bit to this last off season when he was, um, when he was a free mm. agent and it was like, okay, what's going to happen? Is he going to stay? Like what's going on? I was listening to like some Timberwolves um, podcasts and stuff because I was obviously very fascinated by Jared mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. And um they're like, no, he wants to stay here. They haven't, they haven't worked out anything, but it's clear that he wants to stay here. And it's Minnesota. Like that does not happen. And so mm. that says to me a lot about their culture, what they're, I mean, trying to build there and how, how these guys like each other and what they believe. So like, those are the types of things that I just, I really like. So it was, I mean, they're fun. Um, that Minnesota lineup you're talking about. So right now per clean glass, they're plus 16.2 per hundred possessions uh, at the moment. They played 731 minutes. Um, they're good. It's Russ or D'Angelo Russell, not the. Not oh, the other right, not, right. not, <laughs> hold on, Corbin. Not you knew I was possible, but I was going to say because when we're talking about efficiency, we're not talking about Russell Westbrook on the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers, um, or just a good lineups in general. Wow. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Pat Bev, Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who has just been great. Like what what was going through your mind, Corbin, when uh, Pat Bev and Carl Anthony Towns were just trolling to the nth degree? this week what were you doing what, what like russell westbrook should have asked to leave the game like that kind of disrespect like the way they were staying off of him where pat bev was just right under the rim as westbrook was yeah, dribbling, like just get it I'm, I'm just pull me out like i wouldn't be able to handle it like i would just be like all right this is this is just rock bottom for me i gotta go i gotta get out of here i mean i was of two minds on the subject because mm-hmm. on the one hand it was merciless it was very unfortunate like it didn't feel great um seeing just the open mockery and then like russ still trying to play through it and still shooting air balls it was like i was like yeah russ get him like make him pay shot air ball mm. like oh geez like it was like that but i don't know on the one hand like and cat did actually say on instagram live or something later like russ has talked a lot of trash to a lot of players over the years that like you know every dog has his day you know like it was always gonna come home to roost uh, for pat bev 
specifically even the injury history, you mm-hmm. know, and the fact that like Russ is like has operations on every other knee since that time for every other year with the exception of this past year. Um didn't quite feel as warranted, but at the same time, like Russ and my person, like it's weird because like for Pat, Pat Pat's like, well, Russ has been on me for a number of years, but but whose fault is that? Like, yeah, like it's your fault. You know what I mean? So like I don't feel like it's every dog has a day in Pat Bev's case because like he started this whole nonsense with a very serious injury and a very reckless play that happened and then oh I don't know about a decade ago now. You know what I mean? But the point being is like that's different. Um in general, I mean we we saw it with the Grizzlies. I mean, we see it with um like the Carlton Towns. Like yeah, Russ has been that guy, you know, the rocker baby, all that stuff. And and yeah, at a certain point, like players who we used to be like not keeping their heads down and walking away at this point. Like, no, we can talk too. y'all down 30, you shooting 28% from three. That's being generous. So <laughs> the point being is like, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks that it all has to kind of cascade at this one time where LeBron's playing well, but we're injured and we're down and, you know, we're not playing well and Russ's confidence is shot and like everything is just Murphy's law right now, which is horrible. But it was bound to happen. I was just hoping it wasn't going to happen with the Lakers this year, but you know, um, it did. So I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's not, it's not been super great, but like, I also am not like totally up in arms about it because I, I get it. You know, LeBron has been doing it before. Like a lot of these guys on this team, when they were, you know, LeBron's age is like fine one, but back in their day, they were definitely the kind of like show, you know, say what they were feeling and show themselves and all that good stuff. And now the, the, the shoes under the foot, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, what storyline are you watching though down the down the stretch? What have you been monitoring? Oh, well, I mean, listen, you know, it was my birthday last week, so I wasn't Oh, happy birthday. Happy oh, birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, y'all. But the reason I say that is because my birthday for me is like, oh, college basketball is totally a thing. And so that's what I've been tuning in. And I've been tuning into that through an NBA lens because you have the Pistons, the Magic, the Thunder, the Rockets, and then you have, you know, Chet Holmgren. Um, Paulo Bancaro, you have Jabari Smith Jr., Jay Nivey. Like, these are the, like, four or five guys. I've probably maxed my list. Oh, no. Johnny Davis. Okay, there we go. Now I have. We've, I've maxed my list of college players I know right now that are, like, actually, like, in the – that are going to be potential NBA draft prospects. But it is cool because it's tankathon time. I mean, you see these teams that are safely just mathematically not in the play-in tournament. Um, and how are they going to adjust? And then looking at players like Chet Holmgren, and I have been tempted – if anyone's seen Chet Holmgren, like 6'11", 7 foot, mm-hmm. kind of thin, I've been tempted to go, is he going to be able to stand in the NBA deep? Like, I've been wanting to throw those hot takes. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see kind of how these teams adjust to kind of vying for the standings, even though the new flying lottery odds it probably isn't even that big of a deal, but also to see how these potential NBA prospects fit on these teams. Like, right now, I would love a Jabari Smith Jr. on the Rockets. <laughs> like, having a guy who is just a shooter – you know, like, yeah, he doesn't really create his own offense, but that's fine because you have, you know, Jalen Green. You have Incredible Porter Jr. You have a lot of guys, um, Alpin Shangun, who want the ball and can kind of have their own offense. So all you got to do is, you know, stay open, pick and pop situation and, and shoot. And you do that mm-hmm. at an otherworldly level, great. Well, I've been looking like Paolo Bancaro. Like, where will he fit in? Maybe the Magic? Like, I've been trying to do a little bit more focus on those rebuilding teams because guess what? In about two weeks, they're going to be irrelevant, like, completely. So give them their shine. Um, and only giving them the shine through the lens of college and seeing how those guys work. And yeah, going from there. Um, not much else to look forward to. Aside from that, I mean, maybe the East, the battle of uh, the two seed between the 76 and the Bucks, which only interesting because that initial first round matchup, I think if the Bucks play the, the Raptors, would be very, very intriguing. Um, alternatively, that three and six, like the Cavs are going to be a scrappy squad. So looking at who kind of battles for that is going to be interesting because I don't think either catch the Heat. Um, but listen, once my Lakers like fell to where they did, a little piece of me just like checked out for the day. It's okay. We're both in the play in <laughs> life. Lauren over here. Yeah. I don't know who would have had this before the year. The Hawks and the Lakers would uh, the Hawk Laker fans would want the season to just be over and move on. And then the Mavericks fans like, let's go. Who knows where we could go in the West? Who right? knows? Right? How high the Michael Scott, you don't know how high I can soar. Um <laughs> But there you go. There you go. Um, well, let's move forward because I, the magic is just, they're a per, the Orlando magic are in a perpetual state of just development where we're like, okay, Markel Fultz, he's been good. 
since he's been mm-hmm. back. It's cool. Great for Markel Fultz. What's not been great, the Magic uniforms, the, the black and orange that they've worn majority Ew. of the season. They were putting out, like, here, get a signed uh, your name here, whatever jersey. And I almost tweeted, but, like, I never tweet anything like this, but I almost tweeted something like the audacity to <laughs> show this jersey that y'all never wear. And you just, it's perfect jersey that you all recognize is perfect. The black pinstripes, everything. Like, that's a perfect yes. uniform. Yes. And you keep doing this black and orange nonsense. Like I will not watch you anymore. If you keep this up, just wear it. The NBA's uniform crisis is just unreal at this moment. Uh, LeBron ruined the Lakers uniforms for a while. He did that in Cleveland and stuff like that. And then we got the Celtics wearing the black uniforms all the time and just other stuff. And we got the Hawks, like who knows what they're wearing every night. Um, teams don't wear home stuff. Then you have like that. Was it Memphis and Oklahoma city where they mm-hmm. both wore white wore this white, week yeah. and they came out. This, this, that that, that should have been it where we're like all right we got to scale back we had two teams come to another arena thinking that they could both wear white like that's okay that we're done we're starting over we're going back to the basics home teams wear white and the away teams wear uh the kind of uniforms and just get one alternate a classic and that's it so we're done that's as the nba sports are i am just i'm implementing this i'm fired up i i hate the uniform like I, this is a huge passion project for me i hate the uniform situation right now in the nba right now um but to bring it all back to the Orlando Magic, who now will not have Jonathan Isaac for two years. Like, Markel Fultz is back. He came back from an ACL. Isaac had a brutal injury in the bubble. Um, and now he's just, he's not coming back. So it's just really hard to get a read on where the Orlando Magic are going. Corbin, how do you feel about the Magic at the moment? So for me... I, I think they're at a crossroads. I mean, not really, because we see that they're, they're that they are rebuilding words. But <laughs> I think that they do have two guys. You already mentioned them both. Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac. That, listen, they've both been, you know, they play for their first contract. Um, they're currently on their second one. Isaac, I mean, Isaac has not looked like anything. on account of not playing. Um, Fultz has looked quite well. I think you need to make a decision for those guys. Because guess what? You're back in the lottery again for another pick. A couple months now. You already have a lot of guys that are young on your team right now. Um, whether you are looking at a Jalen Suggs, a Cole Anthony, uh, Franz Wagner. RJ Hampton, you got over still just 21. Like, you got a few young guys. You just went and um, kept um, – oh, my goodness, now I'm forgetting. I mean, you still have Mo Bamba there, or you have to make a decision on Mo Bamba, rather, because you already went and made a decision for um, – aye, 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 I can't remember his name now. Glasses. Please help me out. Big man. Wendell. Um, Wendell Car- 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 Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Come through. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. You got it. So you you have a mix of guys right now. You're already in a position if you're in the front office where you have a group of young guards. You have to make a decision on your bigs. You have these two other holdovers from your previous quote-unquote rebuild who, because of injuries, that kind of stalled. Now you're back in the draft with another piece that more than likely is going to be a big. So, again, mm-hmm. making either Mo Bamba and or Jonathan Isaac more expendable. And what O'Carr Jr., who knows? You just, you retain them, but you trade them, who knows? But bottom line, two of those guys are exponent because you still have Franz Wagner mm-hmm. to a much lesser extent, Mo Wagner. Like, you got guys in there. You haven't mentioned Jalen Suggs, Suggs yet. Oh, I mentioned him at the very beginning, but you're yeah. right. Exactly. Like, And he's a, a big part moving forward. You still have Cole Anthony, who's like, I think more of a, a six-man yeah. uh, kind of shooting guard, but he's still in the mix there, too. You have yeah. no guards. And plus his draft between Jay and I. How many and guys Davis. like this has North Carolina got to put out over a five-year span? Kobe White. Him, like, what, like, how many are we doing here? Little factories just... <laughs> of these small shooting guards. Yeah, exactly. These pseudo combo guards here. But um, do they all go to the Aaron Brooks summer camps? Is that what happens? <laughs> <laughs> they have to. But like, when you look at that, it, it, it's decision time, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and you have to make a call because all these guys are probably not going to get minutes. Um, mm-hmm. does that make sense? And to to charter course of action and say, okay, we're rebuilding, we bought them out. They did their job. This is the year they're going to be trash. And mm. for the most part, they've had some uh, entertaining games and some good moments, but they've been what we thought they were. Shout out to the recipes, Coach Green. Point is, boom, <laughs> that's where they are, right? So at this point, where are you going from here? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm looking let's, – let's look at Marco Fultz. You know, he's a great player. He's been great. He's recovered. That's awesome. We believed in him. We've shown him that by the contract we gave him. He re- reflected that his level of play, despite his injury, was going to come back high. So, boom. John, I think I really don't have anything to say. I mean, he's been injured for so long, I'm mm-hmm. forgetting what he was. But great defensive player. So, boom. And, and go from there. Maybe in one more year of doing this type of tank, I guess, if you will. Yeah. 
then mm-hmm. you got to make it a course of action fast because this year was like more in traction. And I'm with you. Uh, the same can be said for the uniforms because that black and orange, I agree, is yeah. ridiculous. Like, I don't get black, blue. I actually just bought, <laughs> I don't have it here, of course. I like have keychains for teams that are not my teams, but I like their colors, right? Mm-hmm. And the Timberwolves and Magic, I, I, I have it here somewhere, it doesn't matter. They are my team. <laughs> And so I went to buy Orlando Magic like keychain from Amazon, mm. and they had that stupid colors like scheme. I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I found the black and blue. I was looking for the natural colors. Yes. And I was like, "Here we are." And that's mm. what I'm saying. Like this whole "let's be different, just be different." This is an high school NBA. <laughs> there you go, Corbin. Thank you for joining me. This is this is great. Um, yeah, and I just I don't know. I think they're going to be in a tough spot because like friends, um, Suggs. I don't think Fultz, Anthony, I mean, it's the thing about Isaac that makes it so complicated is I still think out of everyone in their young core, he has the highest ceiling. Like he still is the greatest like boomer mm. bust guy where it like the peak version of Jonathan Isaac is still the best case scenario for any of their young guys where it's like, okay, then that's their best player. Like the best version of what Jonathan Isaac can still be is still the best player in their young core. The problem mm-hmm. with that is we haven't seen him in two years. But also, I don't know in the modern NBA that you can have two guards that don't profile as top 20 guards in the league. Like Markel Fultz, like it's just such a guard heavy league now that you cannot roll out. Like Jalen Suggs is a good player, but what is his ceiling? Like I, I don't think I forecast him as just an all NBA guy ever. And I don't forecast Franz as an all NBA guy ever. And you just go down the list and you're like, Man, when you're in the lottery, you gotta have at least one or two of those guys that have that ceiling. Like the Bucks mm-hmm. can do this. The Bucks can go Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, um, George Hill, that kind of stuff with Giannis because they have a Giannis and a Middleton. They have an uh, All NBA wing. And they have an All NBA best player in the league at the five. So like that's a little bit different. Um, even Jokic a little bit, but they still have Jamal Murray way in the wings and things like that. But by and large, you cannot survive and really compete year over year without at least one guard who handles the ball a bunch, who is just going to be a great NBA player, like an like a really great perennial all-star type dude. And I don't know if Suggs, Fultz, or Anthony are any of those dudes. They're all players that I like individually. I just don't know if the Magic have... Their, their ceiling has not really been raised all that much because they've drafted a lot of solid dudes. They don't really have any any pop to them. And that was like kind of the issue with uh, Wendell Carter, where it was like, he's fine. They were like, he's expendable. And I just feel like they, they've just been in the lottery for so long that mm-hmm. for them to still just not have a jaw or a Jalen green or whoever, or just a, a Luca, a Trey for them to still just not have one of those guys is kind of, kind of preposterous, but that's where I'm at. What about you, Lauren? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird. I, I'm also very intrigued by this draft situation. Cause I am a big Wendell Carter jr. Fan. Like he, the dude puts up numbers. So like, in my mm-hmm. opinion, he should not go anywhere. Like that is the one that you keep. That's what you got for Vucevic. He's the one that you keep. Uh, it does seem like it's only a matter of time until uh, Mo Bamba gets moved. Even though I feel like Jamal Mosley's working with him, likes him, likes having this young group, but it just, that feels like a situation that has run its course. Um, and then Jonathan Isaac, I don't know what to expect as far as when, when is it even reasonable to expect to see you in an NBA game? And then what do you look like? And so I don't know if it's uh are we going to wait and see and try to get him out there for a few games to remind everyone who he is. Like you guys just said, we haven't seen him in two years. I don't even know. I don't remember who he is. Um, is it the type of thing that you try to get him out there remember, or remind everyone and then try to trade him? Or do you try to trade him before he gets re-injured? Like, what do you do? But this draft, I think, like you said, could make him, more expendable or even deplete his value, especially if they end up in the top three and they do end up picking a big man because that puts you in a tough position. But these three big men, I think, you know, could could put you in a, a good position. What's going to really intrigue me is if they fall to four or lower and are faced with the Jaden Ivey question. Do we take Jaden Ivey? We can see what he brings. But again, six four guard, we're throwing that into our mix. Is that really a good decision? But at the same time, you're Orlando, like who is the best? So it's, they kind of got some, some big decisions to make. And I'm going to be really intrigued by kind of the storylines and what's being said about Orlando going into the draft, because I think, I mean, even Shaden Sharp, like that's a guy that's like, Oh wait, Oh, okay. 
what are we going to, who's going to get Shaden Sharp? Like that was a surprise. And so there are a lot of interesting storylines with these draft prospects. And so I think there's potential for movement because even though you're at the top of the draft, you need to be drafting for best available, not fit. I think you've got like even a team like OKC, who's got these really two intriguing young players in Josh Giddy and, uh, and Shay, and even Trey Mann, like Trey Mann has been pretty solid. So, you know, there's that could end up deciding where certain guys fall. And so with Orlando, that might help them or hurt them. And I hope for their sake and their fans sake that it, it goes their way, but I'm, I'm a little worried over there. Yeah. I don't know what happens ultimately, but they need some lottery luck this year. Mm-hmm. Like they've got, Absolutely. and this is, like a ch- I don't know if it's Chet, I don't know who it is, but they need some like they need to hit a home run uh this year in the lottery. So we'll see what happens. Um Corbin, do you see the Timberwolves being capable of winning a playoff series? We talked about them at the top of the show, but when you think about where they're at and they're playing really good basketball right now, but do you think they can win a playoff series depending on who they get? Can they beat the Grizzlies in a seven game series? I was gonna say I think it's really match dependent. I think they've really mm-hmm. shown their identity is you know, when they're, when they're shots on, they're a very good shooting team. Their defense is legit. Um, shout out to Chris Finch for remaking the team in, in this kind of way uh, with the personnel at hand. Um, with that being said, I can see certain teams where, hey, the Grizzlies would be a very interesting matchup because when they mm-hmm. ratchet up their defense, like, you know, the, the, the Grizzlies, I mean, the Wolves are prone to some cold spells. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards is definitely a streaky play. We've seen that. Um, Towns have been more consistent. But, like, if you look at their offensive punch, you're looking at those three guys mainly, you know, it's going to be, D'Angelo Russell, um, not in this order, but if it's going to be in order, Conley Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and then hopefully Beasley gets hot from three off the bench because mm-hmm. some days he'll give you uh, a feast or famine, you know? Mm-hmm. After that, can you maybe get six to eight points from Pat Beverly? You know? Yeah. Can you maybe have a good game against a team that doesn't have a great backup center where Nas Reed will play well because there's a common joke on Minnesota basketball. Like if, it's a, if the team has no backup center, Nas Reed's going to feast. If the team mm-hmm. has a legit backup center, Good luck, Nasri. Like, that's kind of where they're at. So, like, against the Grizzlies, I think there are some interesting cross matches there. Defensive, mm. I'd love to see Pat Bev on, on John Moran, kind of see what happens. John's going to get his, but Pat will make him work for it. You know, seeing Carlton Towns battle with the bigs, um, in this case, Stephen Adams, yeah, would be kind of fun. Um, and the other big men platoon they have over there, you have, of course, you already mentioned, I mean, would Dylan Brooks be back and, and, and healthy? Um, because, again, you have Anthony Edwards as well. Angelo Russell in that backcourt. Like, it'd be a lot of interesting um, kind of back and forth to analyze between those two. And I could give the Wolves a decent chance. I wouldn't expect them to be the favorites in that, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they did win. Um, against some other teams, I mean, it's interesting. The Wolves have shown that they are capable of beating a team on any given night. Mm-hmm. Um, have they shown they're capable of doing it for in a four-game series? I think there's a clear line of demarcation between, like, the top three, four seeds and the Wolves. But if, like, Wolves and Jazz, that will be interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Wolves and Mavericks will be interesting to me. I think that Luka is, like, the – just the – he. I guess he's that match of most people. He's, like, the one guy I don't know who sticks who sticks Luka. I think that they probably go on the straight to him alone. I don't see it in my mind's eye right now. But, like, against most other teams, not the top three, I can see the Wolves, yeah, winning. If, if the circumstances are right or they catch fire from three or another mm-hmm. team's in an ill-time slump, it could certainly happen. I would say, like – 50-50? That's a horrible answer. Wow. <laughs> I I think it's a long way though, right? Like the Wolves fans have been through so much. And the mm-hmm. fact that we're talking about them as a team that can win a playoff series this year, that's pretty wild. And especially like just before the year, I don't think the expectations were decided. You're like, you're just hoping that they're a play-in team. And Carl Anthony Towns is so much fun and just seeing him enjoy like I'm a big Anthony Edwards guy. I love watching him play. He's probably my favorite wolf, but and I'm a big Pat Bev because he's objectively hilarious. Pat Bev is objectively just a delight. Yeah, um, sorry. Some. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean I would have loved I, I pitched for him to be on the Hawks. Can you imagine getting him with Trey? Like the like just Trey needs some some Pat Bev in his life. Just some <laughs> Pat Bev. Like he it, it would be nice. Um but I don't know. I think it's a possibility. I think because the Grizzlies are just as inexperienced in the playoffs that the Wolves will be like the amount of nerves. I'm, I just think about where it's like the nervousness from both sides where Jaron Jackson on towns, um, jaw and Pat Bev and D'Angelo Russell having to step up. And like, he has some playoff experience too. And how does that translate in a seven game series? But 
I I think there's a lot of nerves on both sides where I think it will be a much more back and forth series than people might expect. Like, I don't think it would be crazy to see the Wolves take them to seven. And then mm-hmm. if you go to seven, anything's possible. Right, Lauren? Yeah, no, definitely. And and I think the experience is going to be a very, very interesting piece to this potential Memphis, Minnesota series, because it, it, you just got such, it's all, it's kind of all over the place. And, and one, I guess, piece to, to Minnesota's puzzle is, is Jaden McDaniels and he's getting reassessed in, in two weeks, but what does he look like? Is he ready to go? Is he not ready to go? Like he has been a fun and important piece for this team. And so I do hope that they get him back. Um, maybe he's not available for the play in game. Maybe he is, but I hope by the time that series comes around, he gets in there because he's been solid for their defense. Like that de- their defensive, uh, I guess, versatility, he's a big part of that. And so I would really be interested to see how they match up against Memphis and just the, the Jaron Carl Anthony towns uh, battle, I think would be really interesting because Jaron is having a really, really good season defensively. Uh, but cat has been on one lately and, and all season. And so I, I do think it would be, I think I liked the way you said it, Chase, like a little bit more back and forth than people might anticipate. And I, I would say, I guess most likely I feel like it would go to six, but if it does go to seven, like you said, anything is possible. And that would be unbelievable if Minnesota pulled that off. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, the Warriors, though, we need to talk about them real quick because Wiseman suffered a, another setback, unfortunately, who looks a lot bigger. Like the recent photos and everything you see of him, like he's put on a lot of he's been on the NBA uh, regiment now for mm-hmm. a little bit. So he's uh, he's bulking up. And I don't know. Warriors fans are, are just it's just so funny. This is the season for the Warriors. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's so weird to see the ups and downs where it's like, Oh, can we win the West to, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, we are probably losing in the first round. Like it's, it's very, it's very weird. Um, Clay's been fine, but they just, they need to get healthy. But then there's also this other contingent where it's like, Oh, awesome. Jonathan Kaminga and Wiseman that this is the future right here at the four or five. And it's like, can we just get through this year? I don't know. The Warriors are exhausting to read about and to watch and to figure out where they actually are because they're a team that I think can win the West they're a team that could lose in the first round. And that is a weird place because in the NBA, you don't really get that. You don't really get a lot of teams like that um, where it's like, oh, we could see them winning a title. And we can also see them getting bounced in the first round, depending on health, because the Draymond injury stuff, like how much does that change? Like they're not a three seed if Draymond's been healthy this whole time, but injury is a part of basketball and it's part of the game. I don't know. Like, are we, are we nervous with Wiseman having the setback with Draymond's stuff with what, how much you can expect from clay? Uh, throughout the postseason like what uh what what are your feelings about the Warriors right now Lauren I god I I I think the roller coaster describes it best I don't know what to think because they're they're really fun I even like their depth like even looking Mm. past the clay and the the Draymond their depth is fun Moses Moody is like he's fun and so I just don't know what a reasonable expectation for them is especially if you're going up an MVP candidate in Nikola Jokic and if they get Jamal Murray back like that adds a whole other uh, factor to the situation. So with Golden State specifically, I don't know what to expect from them with James Wiseman. I've kind of been on this weird thing lately where I'm getting more and more concerned about bigs that have like a certain that are super athletic or I'm just worried about them. And, And it's really more of a discussion just because of this draft and who the top three picks are. And it's just kind of been on my mind lately. So mm-hmm. for his sake and for their sake, I do hope that, you know, he, he gets it, um, he gets healthy and is, is, is ready to go. But as far as this season with James Wiseman and this season for Golden State, I just don't know how, what to expect. But, but I, I also agree. And I think it says a lot about the West as far as like they could be out the first round, but we could also mm-hmm. see them turning it around and, and, and getting out of the West. And that yeah. speaks a lot to the, the state of the West. And with Phoenix, while they're so much better than any other team in the West. I do think that there's a couple of teams that if they're shooting well in a series, they might be able to overtake Phoenix. And I just, the West is very wide open right now is what it feels like to me. It is extremely wide open. And like how many different teams right now could you see win the West? Um, Let's see. I could see three or four. Okay. Honestly, that's me. What about you, Corbin? 
I lean more to Fort. And listen, nobody wants to play the Lakers in a playing game. That's all I'm saying. Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only one I'll lean more to Fort. I'm kidding. I'm with Lauren. Hmm. I'm, I'm thinking more, maybe in that three, three or four range, probably more three. But <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Do you have a new Shaq poster behind you, by the way? Um, yeah, so uh, that's well, cool. Yeah, my friend got okay. birthday. It's like this wood kind of shack. Oh, wow. Rodman, I think Eddie Jones. Pretty cool. That's legit. That's yeah. very cool. And I got myself a uh, AD pop. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I wrestled Westbrook because you know. Oh, perfect. <laughs> you know. It's taking form. My background is taking form. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Kind of my comics, but we made Look it. at us. We're just we're making moves. And Lauren, her internet setup this week, like yeah. she's back. Honestly, that should like we need to celebrate because I yes. was mm-hmm. I was logging on this morning and I was like, all right, we got to get it together because if the internet is down again, like Chase is gonna kill me. So like, I just <laughs> we've got to get get it together. So I felt the tension in the text when he's like, "Are we doing it this week?" Yeah, literally. So I'm very <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. It was also just like. Lauren, you, like, look, here's the order of priorities, the order of operations. If the internet doesn't work, you got to send it back. You got to send back the apartment. I, I know the views are good. I saw, like, on Instagram, you you love the views. You got the windows. You love the work views that you got. But unfortunately, Corbin and I know this so well. The pod comes first. The That's CT right. pod comes first. Right. And totally if you go right. to the person involved like they'll understand like it's one of those things in dallas especially as they're like oh yeah the chase Most podcast comes first mm-hmm. um but yeah <laughs> see you got a lot of work to do lauren because corbin's he's stacking up the nba stuff behind him i've i'm stacking up the stuff behind me we got the Braves world champs banner falcons we won't talk about them in the pr disaster this week and we won't uh but we can talk about doc rivers as uh, atlanta hawk and ben matlock if you ever wanted some ben matlock facts uh, i got you actually Atlanta's best attorney if I can, I mean, you can't really mm-hmm. see it from here, but I do have a little like shelf on my bookshelf. And okay. on that shelf, might I add, is uh-huh. a 2011 finals ticket versus Miami versus Dallas. Huh. Uh, game five. Yeah. There's all the commemorative uh, Dirk, Dirk's mm-hmm. final game, Dirk's mm-hmm. jersey retirement game, and confetti from Dirk's jersey retirement ceremony. So I am okay. very, and then all my press passes just like, just because I think oh, that, yeah. from like a memorabilia standpoint. So it's it's just a little something light, but I... So you got a Bosch thing going. You got a Bosch thing going where he picks up the the empty... I think he picks... What is it? It's like a bullet from every cop funeral he goes to what? on the show. So you're picking up confetti from every great yes. Mav moment. And Oh, and if I can. Yeah, yeah, it says Forever 41, like printed on it. They're mm. actually really cool. And so I was like, uh, yeah, I got I to gotta put together a little, little something. Because there you go. I used to say I used to keep my tickets and then it was just I'm not going to keep track of them. It's just too much. Like, I I love the idea, like the idea behind keeping tickets. And when I see other people do stuff like that, I'm like, oh, that's a cool thing that I should do. And then I just I don't I don't do it because they kind of feel like they kind of feel like clutter. But with that's Mm -hmm. why I only have the three, the the retirement, Mm -hmm. the final game and the finals ticket. I will never throw out the finals ticket. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Lauren, Mm -hmm. right now. We have to do our MVP update. Mm-hmm. Jokic, Embiid, or Giannis? For me, it's Jokic. That's just... Okay. That's where I'm at still, the, too. I mean, as far as... It's so tough. Like, the thing that I always come back to is, like, the winning. But mm-hmm. record-wise, like, Denver and Philadelphia, they're right there. You know? Even though mm-hmm. the seating is different, they're right there. And as far as, like, stats and importance to the team and how that turns into wins, like, to me, it's just... It's Jokic. Mm-hmm. I I mean, when you see these it's lineups tough. and it's like Austin Rivers and Monty Morris is like one of the best guard lineups in the NBA because Jokic is on the floor with them and doing stuff. It's just like, I don't think many other picks can do what Jokic has been doing and what he's been carrying this year. Now we look at, it uh, looks like Porter and Murray might not be back for the playoffs after all, which is a huge oh, really? bummer. Yeah, because they that. had some setbacks and Malone said not to put a timeline on uh, them coming back. So wow. I, I don't. I don't think it looks as promising as it did a few weeks ago. But Corbin, what about you? Giannis, Embiid, or like for me right now, I think Embiid's number three. Like I think it goes one, Jokic, two, Giannis, three, Embiid. What about you? I actually have that one Embiid, two, Jokic, three, Giannis. I think Giannis is great, but I love like 
Embiid had had some dominant stretches, and mm-hmm. I don't think they've stopped as much as others have stepped up, which is great. And of course, I think people are naturally going, okay, James Harden, and, and, and yeah. maybe I mean they're eight and two since they got Harden that into the mix. Exactly, but like let's not forget that Embiid was carrying this roster without, and yes, this mm-hmm. roster did work well um, around Embiid's talents. But then again, we've had this is the NBA where we haven't had a, a team built around a big man outside of maybe Jokic in the last couple of years. I mean, Giannis doesn't fit that traditional big man mold, and even to a certain extent, neither does Jokic. But like you had Embiid going to work in the post and being that kind of dominant guy on both ends for a Philadelphia team that was swirled in turmoil throughout the entire Ben Simmons saga. And yes, James Harden has helped him tremendously, but mm-hmm. like Embiid was playing out of his mind, putting on the same type of performances he was putting on last year when he was in the MVP conversation, except he was healthier this year. So mm-hmm. I, I, in my mind, he should be up there. I mean, Jokic said nothing to take himself off. If, if Jokic wins, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like, oh my God, like this is a travesty or whatever the case may be. And Giannis is fine. Giannis is Giannis. This is great for him, but, I've been uh, Giannis has been spectacular to me. He's just been mm. Giannis, you know. Yeah, that's how numbers. I feel too. Yeah, he's gonna get these numbers because Giannis gets these numbers. Like that's great, you know. I'm not not to make the James Harden argument that he's just can run and jump and can dunk. I'm not saying that. Like, <laughs> right. Like Giannis gonna get these numbers, you know. But his team on the whole has not been super impressive to me. He has been some time with injury. Like those things have to be taken into effect into account. Giannis, but I mean Middleton's missed time. Drew's missed a lot of time. Like. Grayson yeah. Allen, it, like yeah. you know, and, uh, he's the been look, the, they look yeah. like a team that's missed time. Like he doesn't look yeah. like, oh my god, look how he's carried them. No, they look like an injured, battered team. And Giannis has good numbers, and like I'm with you, Chase. Like I'm just saying that he hasn't done anything spectacular in their absence. Like no, they've been what we think they are, like an injured defending champ. You know, they're well, dangerous, but I think his numbers are almost like the only thing that's really different from last year. Another MVP season was. Is his points are just a little bit up. He's averaging almost 30 a game. Um, that's about it. Like, that's the only real difference between like his shooting numbers are almost the exact same all across the board. Um, so it's like if he's been the MVP the last two years and he's still putting up an MVP type season, then like, what's the case against it? Has anyone like he really he has not fallen off? Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo is just still one of the three best players in basketball, and I just I don't know. I think there's a strong case of like, what is he supposed to do? Like he's 124 points on uh, 106 against like Giannis Antetokounmpo is just, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Like, right. I think people are just bored. I, I don't think he's going to yeah. win, but I think that's what it is. they're bored. They're bored well, with how good he is. Like, he's just great. Like he's mastered his game. Like at 27, he is at the peak form and it's just, he is what? Oh, Corbett, do you see another level? Like the three point shot's not uh, yeah, coming. Three point shot is, is something that it's not even attempted to come. Like, like, I mean, come but on, I don't now. think that's coming. I don't think that's coming. Oh, it's just a nice game. My, my yeah. thing is the great ones add to the game. LeBron was an iffy three point shooter. He wasn't ever that bad. But, mm-hmm. Like he improved that. Now it's just like yeah. main attack. Like that's not an excuse for me. Unfortunately, like I get it. Like there's no reason it can't be part of his game, but I'm not, I'm not arguing that I do think that he does mm-hmm. suffer from maybe a little LeBron itis because mm-hmm. let's face it for like a, Eight-year stretch, LeBron could have been the MVP, but people got bored and tired. My mm. thing is this. It was debatable for me last year because, uh, you know, Jokic won last year. So, yeah. like, Jokic outplayed him last year. I think the year before that, I liked Embiid. I liked LeBron. You know, mm. I'm just saying. Like, looking at it now, no. I think Giannis is still a top three player. He's just number three. Like, that's how I look at it. Um, I think looking at the way he's been playing and the numbers he's put up, that's great. I just think other guys have been better. And that's not a fault of Giannis. This is just that, like, we're talking most viable to the team. Uh, if we go into that conversation, then let's bring LeBron back into this mix. And even that, oh, I think, is all right. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think we need to like reevaluate how we label most viable player because like it's different. And I think there's different ten poles that people come carrying to stake their argument for the player they happen to like this particular year. You know, how many times has Luca, and all, all due respect, Warren, been mm-hmm. like prematurely jumped into MVP conversation? Yeah. And then and then it fizzles out. He plays himself into shape, and then he kind of dis- silently disappears. Like, Giannis was touted as MVP before the season started two years before he won, you know? Early, he started sustaining that level of play, and that's great. So I think it's like a mix of we are bored, but we're also already, like, projecting who we're going to put out there and nominating our MVP winner before they've ever played the game of the season. And then yeah. we then, like, alter our expectations off that, or if they mention about the next two months playing – MVP level play, which just means great normal numbers, then we're like, yes, we're validated. MVP. You know, I, I just think it's a weird discussion. I agree with you, though, in terms of Giannis being the exact same. I still think he should get a three-point shot, though. Like, I'm not saying he needs to be, like, bombing away, but for someone who shoots as confident as he does from three, like, if it's not his shot, why is he taking it? 
That, that's just my thing. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think it's coming. I think at 27, it's just, it's like the Ben Simmons thing, where it's like, if you think that that's something that's still going to be added to his game at any point, I just, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be disappointed. I mean, Jason um, Kidd, I will give a shout out to that. Jason Kidd was a horrible three-point shooter. And yeah. then in his late 30s, I mean, my dream have the same. I mean, Giannis can still do what Giannis is doing for a number of years. But Jason yeah. Kidd, looking at it right now, I think he picked up his three-point shot. He was sub, whoa, it was pretty awful. He had like a couple mm. of mid-30-point, like mid-30s, but mm. 29, yeah, 27. And then all of a sudden, age 35, uh, or age 34, rather, 46, 40, 42, he had 235 or 335 um, three-point shooting years. But like, I don't yeah. know. I'm just saying development. I think, especially when it comes to shooting, and maybe that's just actually like Sean Marion. I don't even know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but like, I just think it's something that you can do. All right, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. There you go, uh, Lauren. You've had a busy week. Did Did you have a Did you have a pick of the week? Did you have a story that NBA story that you wanted to share? That you thought oh was good? man, let's see. I it has been a hectic week, and not just because of South by Southwest, but I the tax deadline was this week, so I have been mm-hmm. swamped with work. So I don't know that off the top of my head. There's something. It's really just the storylines of some of these teams kind of heading into playoffs because there are, I guess, with Joel Embiid specifically to kind of, I mean, link it back a little bit to the MVP conversation. This, I'm very intrigued by the voter fatigue with Jokic. Same thing with Giannis that you guys were just saying. And then now you have Embiid. They're second in the in the East right now. And I'll, there's going to be a lot of media attention with James Harden and or there's going to continue to be with James Harden being there, uh, especially in a playoff environment. So as much as I feel like Jokic deserves it based off of his numbers, I do feel like Embiid, if he has success in the playoffs, like he's right there and the media is going to kind of gear towards him. And he, I do think he will get it, but that's just mm-hmm. me as of right now. And I think his playoff run will help his case. So um, I don't know. I'm kind of following that, but yeah. We'll see. We'll see. What about you, Corbin? I, I think I have to agree more on this. I just, I mean, only because my own hot takes have been pretty, pretty, <laughs> um, pretty hot, horrible right now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be the first of the little note. I'm just going to say I agree. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> Corbin. You cracked me up. I cannot. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to wrap this podcast up. Um, Lauren, what can the good folks check out from you across the podcast, uh, podcast space, uh, Mavs Moneyball, all that good stuff? Yeah. So, Mavs, or with Mavs Moneyball, um, yeah. We're, I mean, we're wrapping up, getting ready for playoffs. There's going to be a lot of good content coming out there. Um, so you can follow the Mavs Moneyball account at Mavs Moneyball on Twitter. My personal stuff comes from it. All links through my Twitter at the Lauren Gun with two N's uh, on Twitter. The Gunshot Podcast. I, I co-host that with my brother. We cover all teams, and so that also links through my Twitter. So yeah, anything there, any team, anyone you want to talk about, uh, come chat with me. There you go. There you go. What about uh, what about you, Corbin? Um, for me, find me on the Rumble Ramble podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, on Twitter, Rumble Ramble. It was took a week off, a couple weeks blurred. Anyway, I'm back. Um, <laughs> starting Monday on that. Um, I've also been doing um another pod called Let's Make Moves. And since there are no moves to be made, given that the trade deadline is over and free agency is a bit of ways, I have been teaming up with my friend, um, Josh Earl, and we've been looking at um general managers and just doing a deep dive, like a retrospective, on their executive mm. careers. Um, major and minor moves they made and what takeaways we could pull from that to apply to modern like NBA analysis in regards to transactions. So we did one on Isaiah Thomas, which was interesting. Um, and now we are going to be doing one on his uh, backcourt mate, but executive, of course, Joe Dumar. So um, that is an interesting little project that we're doing. We have a lot of names. I'm definitely excited to like deep dive and kind of pull away and, and what we can take from different years and see from the modern executives now, you know, um, but aside from that, man's mentioning news coming up really soon. Can't disclose just yet, but if it does, I'll be schooling it next time. There you go. There you go. All right, Corbin, Lauren, always great to reconnect. I'm glad we're able to make this work on Love this it. fine Sunday morning. But uh, you guys have yourself a great rest of your weekend. Lauren, um, body armor is a good one to, oh, to recuperate. The body armor stuff, that is like uh, that is the most clutch uh, hangover here, I will tell you. It's a good it's one. Corbin, Lauren, thank you so much. Talk to you all, hopefully next week. Yes, sir. 
All right. That'll do it for the Monday, March 21st edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed Corbin, Lauren, and myself talking all things NBA. If you did, please make sure you go ahead and leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast. Uh, make sure to go ahead and watch us and subscribe on YouTube. If you want to be a YouTube viewer, youtube.com, Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, that simple and uh, that easy. Uh, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email. That simple as well. Follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. New episode tomorrow, Evan Swords, Trevor Sykema, PFF, and then uh, Sonny Cumbie, new Louisiana Tech head coach along with um, uh, Texas Tech and his history at TCU and all that. Uh, so excited to talk with Sonny this week coach Cumbie. but uh yeah new episode every day on this very podcast y'all know the deal um thank you as always and i will uh, talk to you guys tomorrow nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah